This episode of the Shukri Rights Podcast is a classic broadcast of the Shukri Rights Show on 91.5 FM WMFO. This broadcast originally aired on February 15, 2020. We have a lot to get into on a special two-hour edition, Saturday edition of the Shukri Wright Show here on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. And a special day it is indeed because I want to lead up the show talking about this on a on a little bit of a on a personal side. Um today is officially the, the 3 year anniversary of when I relocated here to Boston on February 15, 2017. And normally and it's and it's rare that I get really personal, but today is an exception because I would be doing myself an absolute injustice if I don't at least acknowledge it because of its importance and the importance and significance of it in my life. Three years ago, today, I relocated here to Boston. And it was something that I had wanted to do, but I didn't always know that I always that I would end up moving here. And I'll never forget the journey. And the journey was very long. It was it was tough. It was difficult. But in the end, I'm thankful that I stuck through it because it paid off. And it paid off in terms of getting my radio broadcasting career launched. All all thanks and praise belongs to the Almighty Creator. And as well as the people here at 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford, who I got to give a big shout out and say thank you from the bottom of my heart for allowing me to have my own show and and also continuing to do this very show that I've been doing here now for the past seven and a half months. It doesn't feel like seven and a half months, but it sure is remarkable thinking about it. When I first decided that I was going to move here, I'll never forget the moment that I had this powerful feeling of this is what I want to do. Um, it was my very best friend. Uh, 
my very best friend, um, Alana, whom I had this conversation with in August of 2015. So this is a year and a half before I moved here. And I was pretty emotional leaving Boston that night. And it was pretty clear and evident that my heart desired to be here in Boston. And I'll never forget having that conversation and the question, excuse me, the question being asked, you know, you, you, you visit Boston a lot. Have you ever considered possibly moving here? And that was how it all started that very moment. That's how it all started. And the process, you know, took a year and a half, you know, and, and I'm not, unfortunately I'm not going to have the time to, to get into the, the fine details of that process in its entirety. But I will share with you this, though. I remember countless days when I used to live in Philadelphia and I used to commute from Philadelphia to New York three and a half hours on the train, regional trains, but via, via the SEPTA, the PATCO, New Jersey Transit to get from Philly to New York, Monday to Friday. I remember those days in which in which I made that commute. I'd wake up as early as 3 o'clock in the morning to get up, go to work, grind, and did what I have to do in order to make this goal and dream a reality. And I remember also the days of working weekends as a valet. I worked weekends, 12-hour shifts from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. at M Park in Philadelphia. I remember working seven days a week at one point. No days off. And no, I'm not talking about the Patriots. It was an actual thing that I adopted myself where I didn't take days off. I worked seven days a week, commuting Monday through Friday from Philadelphia to New York and back, exhausted, tired. And I remember an important seminal moment that took place back in the fall of 2016. I was tired one night. I was very tired. And I was, quite frankly, very frustrated, wondering, why am I doing this? It's exhausting. I have no social life because I, I guess, frankly, I didn't have a social life at all. And again, it was my best friend, Alana, who was on the phone with me. And that conversation helped and it really helped me steer myself back onto the proper tracks that I was on. And continue to do the same routine, work seven days a week. And. What ultimately led me here was was that, and I, and I remember having this conversation uh, with someone um, very close to me, and I said, one of the reasons, actually the major reason why I made the move here was was that uh, was that number one, I fell in love with Boston. I love I fell in love with Greater Boston. I fell in love with New England. That's number one. Number two. I said to myself, this was this is the perfect city to launch my broadcasting career, my radio broadcasting career. 
And it's so powerful that on this day, February 15th, 2020, three years after I moved and made the move from Philadelphia to Boston to here, that I'm hosting my own sports talk radio show. It's amazing thinking about it, and I and I really want to spend a moment talking about this because it's it's powerful. It's powerful because I have long had a belief. I've long had a belief that if you stick with something that you are passionate about and that you are absolutely so driven and sure about, you're going to see results sooner than later. You will. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when you begin to see the fruits. And I know the process is hard. It's difficult. No one said that anything ever worth having in life was going to come easy. No one said it was going to be easy. You're going to be tested. And it's true. You're going to be tested in different forms and in different ways. And as a result of this test, this test will either make you stronger in your resolve and in your drive, in your relentless pursuit, or it will, it will, you will only allow yourself to become weak, despondent, unmotivated. So with that being said, I, with the job that I end up, ended up first getting, when I first, what actually led to me moving here was a, a job that I had as a canvasser working for DDS for WGBH. And I had gotten that job in December of 2016. And when in the day that I got the job, and I'll never forget this, I called my mom and I shared with her the news. And and it was really a moment of realization that it's happening. It wasn't a matter of if. It was now a matter of when. And then I had decided that February 15th would be the day that, that I would move here. However, the day that I had started my first day working at WGBH at that time, it was February 17th, 2017. So on this very important anniversary for me, I want to lead off the show being transparent and allowing you, the listener, to get a glimpse into, into my life. And as someone who isn't originally from New England, get a glimpse as to why I am so proud to call this city home. And what it looks like to be someone who who doesn't give up, even when everything becomes very murky and, you know, questions rise abound, the uncertainty takes place, that I felt that it was important that I had the opportunity 
to share with you, the listener, this piece of information. And that I hope that someone out there, whoever is out there listening, that it inspires someone. It wasn't easy. But I can only imagine what my I can only imagine what my life could have been like if I had decided to give up. A lot of things would have never come come to fruition. But on top of that, I wouldn't be sitting in this chair right now doing this radio show. And everything happens when it's supposed to happen. It's hard. I get it. I know 100%. This great opportunity that I have here at 91.5 FM WMFO didn't, didn't come overnight. It didn't come overnight at all. In fact, this came at the perfect time in my life when I was beginning to really ask serious questions that needed to be answered to be answered and for that I really want to give major thanks to my mentor who really has played a big part of my life and has played an important role in regards to understanding that you don't do this all alone. There are people that will come all along, along the way, in which that they will give you advice. They will give you advice that would that will only help you, and they will give you advice that will help you grow. And never being afraid of asking questions. Be curious and understanding that you don't have all the answers. And I say that because I want people to know know the truth. And again, this is part of me being transparent. That I didn't just move here and suddenly just been given and granted the opportunity to host my own sports talk show, which we will get to sports talk um, in, in, during, in the next segment because we have a lot to get into in terms of the Bruins and, and so forth. So, so stick around. I, it, this, this thing can come over, to, over overnight. I remember, heck, in the spring of last year, wondering... When am I going to finally have that opportunity to have my own radio show? When is it going to happen? When is it going to finally take place? I'll never forget that. And I'll never forget the moment that that I, that it began to slowly unfold. And there was someone who who does his own show that I follow on social media in which that ironically enough is part of another um, Facebook group um, that we follow each other on, on social media that actually led me to the station indirectly 
absolutely indirectly. He was doing a um, doing his show one night. This was in spring of last year, spring early summer of last year, in which that I saw the station that he was doing his doing his um, show for, and it was this station, this very same airwaves, and. I decided to, to you know to do some searching and just do some digging in terms of the station, what would I have to do, how can I get involved, and so forth. And and I sent, you know, I contacted the appropriate people. Shout out to the program director, assistant program director, and the general manager. And and fortunately, everything began to unfold and take place slowly but surely and and thankfully and I do mean thankfully my first goal and dream became a reality and as I sit here three years to the day that I moved here to Boston it's a powerful feeling but it's also a powerful reminder that the best things in life are worth waiting for and if you have a dream and you have a goal, don't be afraid to go after it with everything you've got. You may fall. You may cry. You may get frustrated. But don't give up. You dust yourself off the floor. Pick yourself up. You keep going. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how I want to start the show today. With a bit of reflection of the three years that I've I, that I've now called Boston home, but also give you the listener the opportunity to know a different side of me apart from the sports talk host that you've come to know over the last nearly eight months now, because you deserve to know the truth. Coming up next after this break, as I'm filling in, filling in for acoustic ceilings until five, and then at five o'clock, my regular slot, the Shukri Wright show. So I'm basically here with you guys until six o'clock today. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the Bruins, and they had a game today. They won against the Detroit Red Wings, thankfully, after two lackluster performances against. The lowly Red Rings, who are essentially dead last in the NHL. So I look forward to spending this Saturday with you talking Boston Bruins. And I look forward to conversating with you, the fans, as well. The phone lines are open. You got three lines all open for you at 855-915-WMFO, 855 855- 9159636 You're listening to the Shukri Wright Show special edition filling in for acoustic ceilings on 91.5 FM WMFO here in Medford This is Shukri Wright You're listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford Tufts Freeform Radio
like the legend of the phoenix <laughs> all ends with beginnings what keeps the planet spinning uh, the force from the beginning
Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show. This is Shukri Wright. You are listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Tusk Freeform Radio. Bruins, Red Wings, and the game just ended about a half hour ago, so here we go. Bertuzzi. Now Nemeth. The puck sits for Marshawn. Two on two off ice. Pasternak timing his rush. Marshawn, a great move. Pasternak has his 40 seconds. Twice in two games within four days, Brad Marchand has performed stick-handling magic to set up Pasternak. Size, it's amazing. So he's able to force that turnover, takes a look, what are my options? Happen to see who's trying to defend. That's not a defensive back, that's a forward trying to make a play right there. And Marchand absolutely schools him. And then the crisscross allows Pasternak. That was Brad Marchand on that sick, wicked dangle around Anthony Seu to feed the, the feed, but David Pasternak is 42nd goal of the season as the Boston Bruins have won their eighth game in the last nine games, beating the Detroit Red Wings 4-1 to in a game that just ended a little less than an hour ago. So we're going to talk about the, the Boston Bruins um, during this segment as the Bruins got a key win, a key win in this important stretch for the Boston Bruins moving forward as we get also closer to the trade deadline. Now we are down to nine more days until the February 24th um, trade deadline that will definitely have all of Bruins nation wondering what is this team going to do? So, before we even get to that, we're going to talk about the game in its um, in, in, in its entirety. So, basically, the Bruins had fell um, had fell um, behind early after falling behind one nothing, in which in in which um, Detroit had scored first, and unfortunately, it was it was a shorthanded goal. That, that that put the Detroit Red Wings ahead. And then after that, the second period is really where the Bruins took over, in which that Charlie McAvoy um, did his magic, and then Bergeron scored a shorthanded goal that turned out to be the game winner at 940 of the second period for a 2-1 lead. And then 
And then also um, Charlie Coyle, who has been absolutely spectacular in the last six, seven games. Um, he extended the lead on the 3-1 at, at 12-30 of the first period. And, and then as you heard the clip, that was, by the way, Jack Edwards and Annie Brickley, courtesy of Nesson with on the call. Bosnick scored his 42nd, which which um, scored, which is, in fact, leading the, the, the National Hockey League as of right now for the 4-1 score, which ended up being the final. So with that being said, uh, what we've seen f- from this Boston Bruins team is that we are seeing firsthand just just how good this team can be when it does not get away from the system. Because keep in mind that if you are the Boston Bruins, you had the chance to you're either at the game or you were watching the game at home or on your phone or listening on the radio, that it would have been very easy for this team to get frustrated considering that one, as I mentioned, the Bruins, they have not had a whole lot of success against the Detroit Red Wings for, for whatever reason. They've had two losses against the Detroit Red Wings this season. Only the Montreal Canadiens have more. And when they fell behind one nothing, it was it was almost as if, okay, they're down, but they're not out. But we've seen this against the Detroit Red Wings this season. For whatever reason, they can't get their game going. So, unfortunately... It just seemed that way through that whole first period. But that second period, I really like what I saw. I really like what I saw in terms of what the Boston Bruins did in terms of staying with the system and trusting the process. And that is key. And I say that because it's so paramount that the Boston Bruins, they're at their absolute best when they stay with the system, they trust the process, Controlling, controlling the neutral zone, and as well as ensuring that the, t- the opposition, or oh, they're not getting juicy um, second chance, you know, and, and rebounds and so forth. And Tuka Rask continued his outstanding play at home. He's now fourteen zero and six on home ice this season. And I tweeted this out. Um, I believe it was yesterday. I don't remember what day it was, but it was either yesterday or the day before that. Right now, Tuka Rask, I got news for you. <laughs> as crazy as this may sound, but right now, Tuka Rask is leading the National Hockey League in goals against average and saves, in a save percentage. And also, not to mention, yes, three, three shutouts as well. So, you're getting terrific um, goaltending from not only Tuka Rask, but also from Yaroslav Halak now this season. Now keep in mind, Tuka is 21-5-6, which is, which is amazing. Considering that, considering that when you look at Tuka, and we all know this, the importance of Tuka Rask being able to have strong bounce back games and, and I got to tell you, when you talk about a guy who has played absolutely outstanding this season, but especially in the last five games of winter he started, you can't ask for anything anything more. with the, even, even in the game against Detroit 
last weekend, on last Sunday to be exact, he was he was splendid. He did his job. And keep in mind that in the last five, he's four and one. It's four and one in his last five starts, which included the the big win against the Montreal Canadiens on Wednesday night as well. In which that I have a note I, I want to get to in the next segment just briefly. Um, in regards to um to the incident that took place with was the Dana Char and, and Brendan Gallagher. So you gotta like what you're seeing right now in terms of the Boston Bruins and as well as in this game that not just not just only in terms of the scoring, but also you're getting contributions from all from all around your lineup, like you know, Charlie McAvoy he scored. You know, Coyle score. It wasn't only the, the the perfection line um chipping in. You know, Bergeron scoring and Pasta scoring. Obviously, Marshawn with the with the assist on the David Pasternak um goal. You gotta you gotta admit that you like the fact that you that you're getting contribution from other areas in the lineup as well. But it still remains to be seen what does the Boston Bruins do in terms of being able to get secondary scoring and secondary help um like especially as we head towards March and especially during the final month of the regular season where you're going to be playing a lot of back-to-backs or two games and three nights type of deals in preparation for the Stanley Cup playoffs so it's going to be fascinating to see what happens in the next 9 days or perhaps Something gets done before then and whatnot. But I will tell you, I certainly look forward to seeing what's going to be in store in terms of what Don Sweeney does. The lines are open. You can call in 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. We're going to continue talking about the Bruins um, in in this segment. And the one thing I, I want to touch on is... I mentioned Sedano Chara and, and Brendan Gallagher, but I think it's worth talking about now, as a matter of fact, because I think it's hilarious, if you ask me, in which that the Boston Bruins, for whatever reason, they always have had a penchant for rising up in big games against the Montreal Canadiens, regardless of what, wherever the Canadiens are in, in the standings. And I got to tell you, it's a mark of a great team, but... There was an incident that that took place in which that it could have been a lot worse for the Boston Bruins. It really could have. And the one thing I will say is this. When you talk about a guy who who has done so much for this team in terms of his leadership as the NHR. Now, there was a moment that took place on in Wednesday night that Char cross-checked Brendan Gallagher in the face. Well, I, I got to admit that although it was awesome to see, but it, it, it could have been a lot worse had the NHL um, decided to suspend Char for for an X amount of games. So that in itself is it was a big bullet that the Boston Bruins uh, have also dodged as well. While also keep in mind that that on um, the Sedano Char, he also... Move past Shane Doan and Johnny Busick into 16th all time in games played in NHL history. So that in itself is also another um, 
milestone that is worth noting as well. So in terms of what the Bruins are going to be going up against over the course of the next uh, several games, because I know tomorrow, they're, they're playing tomorrow afternoon in New York against the New York Rangers on Hockey Day in America. That is an all-day commemoration done by NBC and NBCSN um, regarding hockey in, in the United States. And the Bruins will be playing tomorrow afternoon in New York against the New York Rangers at 3.30. That game is nationally televised exclusively on NBC. That's at 3.30. So that's just something to, to keep in mind. So Bruins get a big win today. They're right back at it in, in about a little less than 24 hours with puck drop in New York. So that's something that they're going to be that's going to be interesting. And as, as well as keep in mind, and I know this past week I've mentioned about Chris Kreider and that he would be the perfect fit here in Boston for the Boston Bruins in terms of secondary scoring as well as getting a, si- a good-sized winger who could also play physical as well. This is the last chance the Bruins will have the opportunity in terms of being able to get an up-close view of Chris Kreider and what he brings to the table as well. So that's something I'm going to be keeping an eye out for tomorrow at when the Bruins and Rangers play. So that's definitely something that's going to be important to keep in mind as well. So also, while while I'm at it, I also want to bring up the, the, the list of the next few games that the Bruins will be playing because they this is the start of a road trip for the Boston Bruins in which that they are going to be hitting the road beginning tomorrow in New York against the Rangers. Now, this is a start of an important stretch for the Boston Bruins. They play the Rangers tomorrow. Don't forget, Wednesday is their next game. They're they're, they're going to be in Edmonton. In Edmonton to take on the Edmonton Oilers. That's going to be an 8:30 puck drop. And and that game is all that game is always is going to be on Nesson as well as um, they're also going to be playing on Friday night in Calgary, 9 o'clock puck drop on on Nesson as well. As And then on Saturday night, next Saturday night, they will be on Hockey Night in Canada in Vancouver. That's a late night game. 10 o'clock puck drop at Rogers Arena in Vancouver. So they have a four-game road trip that, that essentially begins now. They got the Rangers, again, for those who just tuned in. You got the Rangers tomorrow at 3.30. That's on NBC. You got the Edmonton Oilers in Edmonton on Wednesday, the 19th. That's an 8.30 puck drop. That's exclusively on Nesson. And then as well as you have the Calgary Flames coming up on Friday, February 21st. That's next week. In Calgary, as a 9 o'clock puck drop. And then you also have... The rematch of the 2011 Stanley Cup Finals in Vancouver at 10 o'clock on Hockey Night in Canada, as well as it's locally on Nesson as well against the Canucks. So with all that being said, we're going to step aside. We're going to take a break. When we return, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Bruins as well and, and some thoughts on the week that was because... There were there were a few things that 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 really stood out to me, you know, 
And, and, a, and an interesting note that I think is worth um, bringing up as well, and how this actually might affect the Boston Bruins tomorrow, perhaps. Stay tuned to find out what that is right here on the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. This is Shukri Wright. You're listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Tusk Freeform Radio.
Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO here in Medford. This is Shukri Wright. Thank you for joining in wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Always appreciate it on this Saturday. One hour extra edition. Filling in for acoustic ceilings this hour and then the next hour, it'll be the Shukri Wright Show, the regularly slotted edition of the Shukri Wright Show. So st- definitely stick around for that. We'll get to some um, some thoughts on the Red Sox during the next hour, as well as spring training has started. We talked about it um, this past week in some some capacity. We're gonna want to get furthermore into it, as well as the continued fallout of the Astros cheating scandal has only infuriated myself and as well as other baseball fans across the country so we're going to get into that during the five o'clock hour so you're going to want to stick around for that one as well as always the phone lines are open at 855-915-WMFO 855-915-9636 so with that being said for right now we're still going to talk Bruins and I noticed something interesting before the end of the last segment and I want to bring this up now um last weekend the Bruins played a back-to-back against Arizona and then the Red Wings at on the road. They won last Saturday 4-2, to two, and they lost the next day in Detroit 3-1. to one. I noticed now that the Bruins have a back-to-back in which that obviously they play today. They're playing tomorrow. Now, what I do wonder is this. What I wonder is, how do you think the Bruins will do in, a, in another back-to-back, given that they play just today, they're playing again tomorrow? Now, I'd like to think that perhaps that that Yaroslav Halak will be healthy enough and ready to roll to play tomorrow, but only time will tell. Hopefully he'll um he'll he'll be just fine. And right now I don't know if anything has been said in terms of Harosakalak starting tomorrow if he's gonna start instead of Tukarask. Because remember last weekend Tukarask started back to back games and and, in, and considering all things, he's played very well. He's played very well in back-to-backs, but he is better when he gets rest. But remember last weekend in Detroit that the that the the Boston Bruins and, and the Red Wings, Yaroslav, so not not Yaroslav Tuka, he actually start he did well, but the issue is for whatever reason the Bruins just could not get out of get out of their own way in terms of. Burying chances that they that they was presented and and that has been that was an issue last Sunday. I don't think it'll be an issue tomorrow when they play the New York Rangers. But what I do, but I do think is this: I think it's going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds. Right now, um, according to to to, to Nessing, according to Nessing dot com. They're both Yaroslav Halak and as well as Connor Clifton. 
they're both they're both getting closer to to returns. So that will be that will be something to keep an eye out for. Now, I also have to uh, mention this as well. Um, according to Joe Haggerty of NBC Sports Boston, Yaroslav Halak he will be in net tomorrow against the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden. So the answer the answer to what some Bruin fans are or wondering whether if they if Rask will start again tomorrow or if Halak is healthy enough to go. The answer has been reported by Joe Haggerty. He was reported actually yesterday, um, in which that Halak he will be making his first appearance in the crease since February fifth. So let's say what ten days, 10, 11 days. So he should be well rested, and and um, and and by all by all things considered, he looks like he will be continuing to. Split the, the goalie goaltending between himself and Tuukka Rask heading down the stretch, which, as we saw last year, it, it'll only do the Boston Bruins benefit. Especially, you want Tuukka Rask at his absolute best going into the Stanley Cup playoffs, which begins in April. So, that's just something to keep in mind. So, that's just something. Also, just just to throw out a quick number, Halak is he's done exceptionally well this year. I mean, considering that. He split time between himself and and Tuukka Rask, who's obviously the starter. Um, he has Rask, not Rask Halak. He has a fourteen six and six record, two point three six goals against average, and three shutouts as well. So either or, um, by all things considered, right now, Yosef Halak is a goal tomorrow in net for the Boston Bruins. So, with that being said, the phone lines are open. You can call in the talk. Talk to me about the Bruins and their big win today against the Red Wings. And as well as, we're going to be um, getting into it the next hour. Um, talking Red Sox spring training. As well as, furthermore, on the, on the Astros cheating scandal. And as well as getting into some Celtics. As well, because I think the Celtics they they absolutely deserve they deserve some airtime. And not that they don't. I mean, they're a Boston team. Hello, but I'm actually going to talk some Celtics basketball to start off the next hour. So stick around. You can call in as always. 855-915-9636. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the Celtics because. Because frankly, there was something that I saw, um, and I also read about in regards to the Celtics' win on Thursday night that really got me thinking, and it got me thinking as to the very following question I'm going to put out there, and that question is: between the start of the season for the Boston Celtics versus now, have they surprised you? Or have they met your expectations as to the type of team that they are? That and much more coming up next on the Shukri Wright Show here on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. This is Shukri Wright. You're listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Tusk before radio.
This is Shukri Rice just holding on just quickly for a moment until uh, this fix up a couple of issues here. But at any rate, um, here we go.
Welcome to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO and Medford Toss Free Farm Radio. This is Shukri Wright, hour number two of the show. Yes, hour number two of the show begins now as we've been here since four o'clock for those that just tuned in. And we will be here with you until six when the loft takes over for his weekly program. You can call into the show as always at 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. And before we even continue with our program, we're going to do the wealth, we're going to do the, um, the PSA, rather. And we're going to just do it now and get it done and over with so that we don't end up forgetting about it. We did the first one during the top of the first hour. We're going to do the second one here at the top of the second hour. So, without further ado, um, here is the PSA. This brought to you by yours truly at 91.5 FM WMFO here in Medford. Welcome, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear, filling in for Smokey on his birthday. Because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Just look at the news. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless. And I'm not just talking about obvious things like campfires or letting your totally sweet nephew, Francis, play with matches. I'm talking about dumping your used barbecue coals willy-nilly or parking your car on tall, dry grass. That can lead to... Poof! Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. But listen, being a South Carolinian, I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous, deciduous, or new car scented. So if you love the outdoors like me, go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention, because fire safety is always in season. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. That PSA was brought to you by 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford. Thanks goes to Stephen Colbert on that, for that PSA as well. And we're going to start the second hour of the show talking about the Celtics because the Celtics, here we are, at the uh, at the unofficial halfway mark of the NBA season, or should I say the Celtics season. They have a, a pretty solid record and a pretty solid hold on the third seed in the Eastern Conference what a thirty-eight and sixteen record, and I, I gotta tell you, um, when you talked about the Celtics at the beginning of the season, I want to be completely honest and completely transparent with you. I didn't know what to expect at all. Like honestly, I didn't know what to expect in terms of a team, a team whom last season was just a massive disappointment. All the way around, and, and it's not only just the whole Kyrie saga and drama and nonsense that that took place, but just the entire team. It just seemed like Jalen Brown took a step back, and Jason Tatum just it seemed like he kind of was stuck in neutral for the whole season, so to speak. And you know, like there really wasn't much like chemistry, like in terms of the the team, and you know, like Marcus Smart. You know, although he he did his part, but obviously he can't carry the whole load by himself, and and all that fun stuff. 
So entering the season, I personally wasn't even so sure what to really expect from this Boston Celtics team. And 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 to be quite frank, I'm actually very surprised by what I've seen so far through 54 games for the Boston Celtics. Now, mind you, the Celtics, when they come back from the NBA All-Star break, they will have only 28 games remaining until the start of the NBA playoffs in April. So I got to tell you, Thursday night's game against against the the Los Angeles Clippers it, that was that was truly one of the best games of the season without question but especially for Jason Tatum who we as Celtics fans and especially those in the Boston media have always known that Boston, that that Jason Tatum is is definitely going to be very special and he showed exactly why on Thursday night he was absolutely spectacular offensively. He had 39 points in that win against the Clippers in which that he basically outplayed Kawhi Leonard. And I got to tell you, I really like what I saw when we when we look when we look at the highlights, especially the game itself, when we talk about Jason Tatum as well as you know on Gordon Hayward and you know Kimber Walker doing doing a great job of you know, dishing the ball around and, and so forth, and of course the, the the intensity that never fails, never withers, and Marcus Smart, you know, he had the four steals and so forth in that game, but but the spotlight was obviously on Jason Tatum because we've seen for a while now that that Jason Tatum has that capability of taking over a game. And especially we saw that in that in that in that overtime period, that double overtime period in which that the Celtics when they needed someone to lead, he was that guy scoring 10 points in in that in, in those overtime periods. So it was definitely something that I felt that if you were the Boston Celtics, you walked away thinking not only was this a one, this was one hell of a win, but also more importantly, you look at the, the defensive in the defensive end of the of of, of Tatum, you ha- you can't help but to actually have really liked what you've seen from from Tatum defensively as well as his ability to come up huge and be able to shut down. Um, Ka- Kawhi Leonard, considering that Kawhi Leonard basically in this game, yes, he had 28 points, but he was almost nowhere to be found in the ov- in overtime and late in the game. And that's a testament to, to to Jason Tatum's growth as a player and as well as what he was able to do on the defensive end of the court. It's not even just the fact that offensively he 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 almost had 40 points, but it was also the fact that his ability to to continue to evolve, to continue to get better and in which that I got to tell you, I really like what I saw. I really like what I saw in terms of his long-range shooting as well as the mid-range jumper as well as for for Kimba Walker who continues to absolutely flourish in terms of his ability to create offense, pass the ball, 
And I think that's really one of the more underrated aspects of this team this year is Kemba Walker's unselfishness. Because we saw with the two seasons that, that Kyrie was here in Boston that you passing the ball is basically everybody else get out of the way. It's my show. But with Kimball Walker, whether it's fair or not, I mean, it's the truth. But but with Kimball Walker, you see that he's his ability to pass the ball and his ability to create offense for his teammates, arguably, you could say, helped. And it helped on Thursday night. And you look at the seven assists that, 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 he, that he had, as well as we, we, we sit here and we talk about um, Jason Tatum, but also let's not forget Gordon Hayward. He had he had a pretty strong game himself, you know, at contributing twenty one points as well. And Marcus Smart, don't forget, don't forget about him. He he, put, he also pinched in thirty one points of his own. So all the way around, I really liked so many things from this team on Thursday night. Whether if it was the defensive effort, but also in terms of the ability to. to to hustle, you know, to create fast break points and, and and their ability to be able to knock knock down those those three point shots and and you talk about for a team that shot forty almost forty four percent for the game, that's pretty that's pretty darn good. And I gotta tell you, at this point, considering that considering that the that the Celtics where they are now. Did I did I think that they would be there? I mean, at number three. To be frank, yes, I was hoping it would be a little bit higher, but considering the expectations after everything that happened last season, that wasn't going to happen. But for them to be where they are, and with the emergence of Jason Tatum, it's going to be really fascinating to see what happens moving forward. As to how can if he can lead this team to the Eastern Conference Finals, I think they'll get there. I sincerely do believe that, but I also do I do want to know and see how does the big four for this team continue to evolve with Tatum, Gordon Hayward, Kimball Walker, Marcus Smart, and especially Jalen Brown. That's someone that that I'm also really interested in seeing. How do, how does he continue to get better and so forth? Although he didn't play on Thursday night, but at the same time, I think it's going to be very critical, especially for Celtic fans, to keep an eye on for, on for Jalen Brown and his importance to this offense moving forward, especially as we get to the second half of the season, the unofficial second half of the season coming up after the All-Star break. Now, coming up next... There was a piece of breaking news that broke literally right around tip-off that I want to get into involving the Boston Celtics that I think it deserves to be talked about. And I'm talking about one Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Really big news broke on Thursday night in regards to Kevin Garnett and the Boston Celtics. So stick around. For that, coming up next on the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO, here in Medford. This is Shukri Wright. You're listening to 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford, Tufts Freeform Radio.
Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO, and Medford Tusk Freeform Radio. And before we start the second segment of the 5 o'clock hour, there's only one 
voice that needs no type of introduction that frankly that's going to be the topic of the segment league mvp defensive player of the year now it's time to add to your resume nba champion how does that sound man i'm so i'm so hyped right now Anything's possible. Anything's possible! This is for everybody in Soda. This is for everybody in Chicago. VV. This is for everybody. South Cat. Basswood. My mama Fina. See everybody right now. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Top of the world. Top of the world. Kevin. You have no idea. What does top of the world feel like, Kevin? And I'm so... I'm so happy right now. I'm not finna sleep for a week. <laughs> I'm not finna. Ray Allen had a great game. Paul Pierce, everybody. I can't even take all this, man, but I'm certified. I'm certified. You see how you look good tonight, girl. Uh, wait. One more, Kevin. To do this, you talked about Minnesota. You talked about that. But to do this in Boston with a franchise this storied against a franchise like the Lakers, what does that mean to you? You're a student of the game. You have to understand where you come here. It's a lot of responsibility that comes with putting this putting this great jersey on. I'm just happy that we carried our tradition. What you going to say now? What can you say now? That was Kevin Garnett. The night that the Boston Celtics won their 17th NBA title, that legendary interview on ABC after the Celtics won the title in 2008. That was Kevin Garnett. Now, the news broke. If you're a Celtics fan, you heard the news by now. If Casey, anyone else who hasn't, the Boston Celtics have announced on Thursday night, literally moments before a tip-off on the jumbo screen at the Garden, that next season, 2020-2021, the Boston Celtics will be retiring Kevin Garnett's number five. Yes. His number five. His number five will be going up to the Rafters. He will be the second member of that 07-08 team to have his number retired. The other one, that will be Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is the other one. Now, I'm going to sit here and tell you why I absolutely am so happy that Kevin Garnett's number is going to be retired. And you can feel free to offer your thoughts on, on the Celtics retiring Kevin Garnett's number. And even on the Celtics currently, 
I started the hour talking about the Celtics in the last segment. It's going to continue through this segment as well. And the number is 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. And I got to tell you, Kevin Garnett, when he came to Boston in the summer of 07, the one thing that I could tell you was that this was coming off a year that the Boston Celtics, they, they were just awful the year before. The year before, they were they were not only that they were awful, they were just they were just awful to even watch. I mean, and the and the Celtics knew that they needed to to turn things around. And here's the kicker: when you're coming off a 24 and 58 season, like the Celtics did in that 06 07 season. That's why I said I'd, I'd rather not even go back and reflect on just how bad it was that season. We're not going to do that. But what we are going to do is we're going to talk about that that off season in the summer of 2007. That fateful summer in which the Boston Celtics went out. They acquired Kevin Garnett from from Minnesota. As well as they went out and they and they got Ray Allen as well to f- to form the big three in Boston. And the one thing that I could tell you in terms of Kevin Garnett is that his energy alone, because this is at the point when Kevin Garnett was still Kevin Garnett, in which that he was the alpha dog, he was defensive player of the year former league MVP, all that fun stuff, especially during his years in in, uh, in Minnesota. With that being said, it was one of those things where it was something that was needed, and, Ke- and Paul Pierce couldn't do it himself. Paul Pierce knew he couldn't do it himself, although he was a team captain, but he didn't have a strong supporting cast. He didn't. So what... Trader Danny did. Danny Ainge. He went out. He got Kevin Garnett. Brought him here. And as well as Ray Allen. And actually made some key in-season acquisitions. You know, for guys like, remember Sam Cassell? For example. Yeah. So, it's interesting. When I look, when I think, so I start thinking about that season. And not to only mention the importance of what, what Kevin Garnett meant to the Celtics in terms of banner number 17, but during the five by five seasons that he was here, you know, like the importance in terms of the Celtics returning back to, um, to competing for championships, you know? You know, talking about um, the Celtics in terms of 08, getting to the finals, and then again getting back to the finals again two years later. And had not Kendrick Perkins gotten hurt in that fateful Game 7 of the 2010 NBA Finals, we could very possibly be talking about two championships in three years. But we all know what happened. Kobe took over, and the rest is history. Unfortunately for the Celtics, 
that was the last time they got to the NBA Finals. But they got to the East Finals against LeBron, remember, in 2012? Yeah, I do too. Rather not uh, remember that. So it was part of a very important and successful era for Boston Celtics basketball in which not only that he brought back credibility, but championship level competitiveness to an organization that had basically had lost it for quite some time. Yeah, in the early 2000s, I know they had they had those teams in which that they got to the East Finals but lost to to New Jersey, to the then New Jersey Nets, now the Brooklyn Nets and so forth. But other than that, this was a team and an organization that had floundered in Dare I say mediocrity? Yeah, I think mediocrity is a fair word to use. So Kevin Garnett, with him coming here, his importance to the organization in the NBA at that time can't be overstated. It can't be overstated. So when the news broke that the Celtics are going to be retiring Kevin Garnett's number, I said, absolutely, absolutely, this is the right move. No question he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He'll get in in August when the, when the Basketball Hall of Fame enshrinement is done in late August over in Springfield. But you want to talk about a single Celtic who was absolutely important to the fabric of the franchise for five years? Absolutely. It was Kevin Garnett, single-handedly, without questioning. Can't be, it can't be overstated. I, can't, I can go on and on and on. But I think the number one thing that I look at in terms of what Kevin Garnett brought to the Celtics, not just only the championship and so forth in 08, but also it was an air of you're going to work your tail off, you're going to do what you got to do, and I'm going to push you. Let's go. That's what he, that's what he brought to the organization. And guys like Rage, I mean Rondo, you know the guys he played with, you know, and you know Eddie House, you know Kendrick Perkins, you know Glenn Big Baby Davis, you know, like if you go back and watch the documentary, anything is possible. The story of the 2007-2008 Boston Celtics, they all tell you like he was single handedly. Was that important in terms of in terms of the locker room and, and his presence and his, and his leadership? No question. So, when I heard that that for example, um, that that Kevin Garnett number was going to be retired, I said yes, yes, let's go. This is phenomenal news. Phenomenal news for for. For um for Celtics fans, for NBA fans, because listen, this this shouldn't be a shocker that that he's getting into the Hall of Fame. This this that really that's not a shocker, but I do know this though. But I do know that if you are the Boston Celtics, and whatever that night is, it hasn't been announced yet. No, there's no way it's going to be announced, especially since. Next season's NBA schedule won't be released until, what, August? So whenever that night is, it's going to be a packed house. 
It's going to bring back a ton of memories of that very special 2007-2008 season. And that team, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what that will look like. But I tell you what, his number being retired by the Boston Celtics only further cements his legacy in Boston, what he meant to the franchise, and what he meant to Celtic fans, including myself. And that in itself is what will forever make him a Celtic great. Coming up next, we're going to flip the switch over to talk some talk some Red Sox baseball as well as some thoughts on spring training and as well as what on earth did the Astros do to make the situation any worse. I'm telling you, I have I have quite a bit to say in terms of that. So stick around, stay tuned for that, and plus much more coming up next right here on the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. This is Shukri Wright. You're listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford Tufts Freeform Radio. Son las 3 de la mañana Y yo ni sé cómo tú te llamas No quiero amor, solo dame calor Para ver si esto me sana El amor de mi vida ya no me ama No me coge el celo ni me llama Baby, por favor, que tengo este dolor Pues te voy a dar con ganas Estuve toda la noche Con alguien que yo no conozco para olvidarte Yo sé, yo sé, yo sé que después estamos bien. Yo sé, yo sé, yo sé. 
Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show here on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Tuss Reform Radio. Glad you're here with us on this Saturday evening. Presence Day weekend. Kind of forgot that Monday is a holiday. Um, and yesterday was Valentine's Day. So with that being said, I tell you, <laughs> um, for those who celebrate it, you know, Hope you had a great day yesterday um, and so forth and that this weekend continues to be as fruitful as as last night may have been. So with that being said, um, I will I'll touch on the Red Sox now. And, you know, like it's very early on. It's very early on. So I will I will definitely say that for the Boston Red Sox, they're still, you know, trying to, you know, await word on on like what their punishment will be in terms of anything they may have been involved with in regards to the cheating scandal um, that, that rocked the, the Houston Astros, whom I'll get to in just a little bit. So with that being said, you can call in at 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. So... A couple of notes here um, in terms of the Red Sox. First one, the story with Alex Verdugo. Now, this one should should actually really bother Red Sox fans because you just traded away the face the face of your franchise and one of the top three or four players in the sport in Mookie Betts for this guy and Alex Verdugo. Now, news has broke. That Alex Verdugo, there's a strong chance that he that he may not be ready, and there is a strong chance that he will miss opening day on March 26, a little more than a month from now. Believe it or not, so it was definitely very frustrating for Red Sox fans to to, to have to hear this now. Ian Brown wrote an article today on, on RedSox.com in which that he, he pulled up a quote that that's something that Verdugo had mentioned. And I'm going to read it to you here. And, and he said, quote, Verdugo says, we're not trying to rush that. We don't want to give fans or give people a false hope or just even a deadline that we miss again. So it's just we're going to take our time on this and make sure that we're right. So that way, when I'm playing, 
when I'm able to be in Boston that it's the whole year and it's continuous. And we don't have any setbacks or anything like that. Now, the interim manager, Ron Renneke, he admitted thinking that Verdugo will be able to go on March 26th, and which, by the way, does the Red Sox, they open the season in Toronto um, that for the opening um, weekend of the Major League season for 2020. So that right now is still a bit of a reach. But as for the immediate reaction, if you're a Red Sox fan, you've got to be thinking, so we just traded for a guy that can't stay healthy. Now, mind you, he, he's had injury issues even when he was in Los Angeles as well. So this isn't someone who has had, you know, like who's had a, a, clean, a clean slate of, of health and so forth. And it sucks because I got to tell you, if you are, if you're, if you're a guy who, who follows the Red Sox and you and you are a person that pays attention to, you know, his health history and so forth, and whatnot. Listen, he was on the injured list twice last season. First time was August of last year of 2019, right oblique strain, 10 day injured list. Second time. It was September. No, sorry. Correction. So he was activated from the injured list on September 30th. So to get this in in perspective, he basically missed how long? Almost 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 a month. In fact, more than a month when he was with the Dodgers because of that same injury. Because in early September, if you may remember, he was sent on a rehab assignment to the Ogden Raptors, which is a minor league um, affiliate for the, for the L.A. Dodgers. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, there's been talk about, well, the talent. He's got the talent. He's got the potential. He's got this. He's got that. But can he stay healthy? And that's something that, if you're if you're a Red Sox fan, you're thinking, "Are you kidding me? You have got to be kidding me." We just traded for a prospect, in which basically can't stay healthy for much more than how long? We don't know, and that's got to be the most frustrating thing of all. It really has to be, because. There's already the emotional response from New England, from Red Sox Nation, all of this week about who do we trade for? Could we have gotten more for the Red Sox? And and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but they could have. You've you you got Alex Verdugo, you got Jeter Downs, and the catcher Connor Wong. But the reality is you don't know what you're going to get from any of those guys. You just don't. You don't know. And that's got to be the most frustrating of it all. I mean, we'll see what he does in spring training. That remains to be seen. But the harsh reality is this. 
Verdugo is, already has had concerns in terms of his professionalism in Los Angeles, but at the same time, there must be something that Hein Bloom saw in Verdugo and saying that you know what we want to we want to go for this guy. We're going to absolutely go for this guy, include him in um, in the trade. That's what we want for the Dodgers for Mookie Betts. I don't know what he saw. But the only thing we can do, and the only thing I can say is wait. Let's wait and see. He's 23 years old. He's young. All of that remains to be seen in terms of what will happen moving forward. Especially for a guy who is basically unproven. Okay. I understand that he had 343 at-bats last season in 2019. He had 12 home runs and 44 RBIs. So he has some ability to to hit for power. Now, mind you, he played at 106 games last year. He played in 77 games in 2018 and 20—sorry, no. Yeah, 37 games, correct, yeah, and, and 15 games in 2017. So with that being said, it's like this guy, he has experience. He's played in the big leagues, and I'm not exactly so sure as to what they may have seen in terms of his ability to hit for power. I mean, last year he hit, he did hit 12 home runs in 106 games. Great. But that remains to be seen. Too soon to, to even put out any type of verdict on this on terms of what the Red Sox got in terms of Verdugo. We don't know. We just don't know at this point. That remains to be seen. However, as for Chris Sale, because I know and you know that Chris Sale availability for opening day, considering that he's been rehabbing from the injury he sustained last August, is up in the air. Nobody knows. Nobody knows in terms of what they're going to get from Chris Sale. In terms of is he going to be ready, or if he's not, is he going to be ready for opening day, or if he's not? Because according to to Ian Brown again of Red, of RedSox.com, he's been dealing with the flu and pneumonia. Unfortunately, he was, but he was cleared to join his teammates today down at spring training in Fort Myers. So, as to how his shoulder holds up, his elbow shows up. That that remains to be seen, because no one knows at this point as to what will happen in terms of Chris Sale's health. Moving forward, as well as his importance to the Red Sox rotation in 2020. And I'm going to put this out there now. The rotation will either be the hallmark of this team's success, or it will doom them from the onset. And that's the truth. Coming up next, final thoughts, which will basically be all thoughts on the Houston Astros and what an absolute crap show it was on Thursday in terms of that press conference.
You'll hear my thoughts on what happened. That coming up next as part of Final Thoughts on the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO here in Medford. This is Shukri Wright. You're listening to 91.5 FM, WMFO and Medford Tufts Reform Radio. Fue un vuelo de seis horas, baby, no quiero pelear Con las mismas preguntas siempre me quiere entrevistar Que si esta, que si aquella, no nos quiere confiar Estos puros son el diablo, ellas quieren evitar Que tú y yo estemos juntos, siempre te van a envidiar Dijo, metiste los ocho empezando el juego de billar Corazón como mi prenda, si tú quieres esquiar Dijo que no tires piedra si tu techo es de cristal Que no confiaba en mí, que me bajó del pedestal Sus amigas no me quieren, todas me van a odiar Lo que no sirve se bota, ahora me quiere Botar. Ey, baby te fallé, eso pasa Hace par que ya no vienes pa' casa Ni para escuchar lo nuevo tengo grasa Baby siempre tú viraba porque cuando te daba, te daba, te daba Los ojos te miraba, miraba, miraba Y no fui fiel a tu amor La hora extraño tu calor Cógeme la llamada, llamada, llamada Sé que tú extrañabas como yo te besaba Ahora sí no bebe alcohol, mi bebé no me da amor, yeah. Qué rico verte de nuevo, yeah. Quería comerte de nuevo, yeah. Y conocerte de nuevo, yeah. Y repetirlo de nuevo, yeah. Qué rico verte de nuevo, yeah. Quería comerte de nuevo, yeah. Y conocerte de nuevo, yeah. Y repetirlo de nuevo, en la pelea todo está bien hasta que de la nada le da con joder la vez me contesta a veces me picheo me acabo aterrizarle ya pensando que estoy con otra mujer y este se despierta y es lo mismo todos los días que está sola y que se sienta aborrecida baby sé que te fallé mala mía mi vida es flow trivia puedo estar en pajo y mañana estar en guerra flow siria no han sanado las cicatrices fuimos aprendices he madurado no todo lo que se piensa se dice a veces me da cariño a veces me maldice y me choca porque estamos Así es porque quise por meter la pata y yeah. yeah. lo acepto, yo fallé. Te iba a decir que te extraño, pero hice uchi y callé. Y aquí todavía no olvido cómo me miraba mientras te probaba en cuatro patas yeah. como el caballo el porche. Y cógeme la llamada, llamada, llamada. Sé que tú extrañabas como yo te besaba. Ahora sí no bebe alcohol, mi bebé no me da amor. Baby girl, ¿qué te pasa? Hace par que no vienes y me abraza. Ni para montar los nuevos tengo grasa. Sin ti los piquetes los dejo en casa. Ey, baby girl, ¿qué te pasa? Hace par que ya no vienes a casa. Ni para montar los nuevos tengo grasa. Sin ti los piquetes los dejo en casa. Music, baby. 
Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO, and Medford Tufts Reform Radio. This is the Shukri Wright Show here with you for another 10 minutes until 6 o'clock. Hope you've enjoyed the show today as we were on for an extra uh, couple of hours. Um, starting at 4 o'clock today, as a matter of fact, instead of 5. Um, just a quick um, shout-out and also um, a, a reminder, a shout-out to... To everyone who had a great week in terms of productivity and as well as, um, you know, having the opportunity to spend time with your loved ones and so forth, as well as a reminder, um, you can follow me on on the social media. Hit me up on Twitter um, at Shukri Writes at S-H-U-K-R-I. I W R I G H T S. You can follow me on Twitter. That's my Twitter handle at Shukri Wright. S H U K R I W R I G H T S. Follow me on the gram. And, and, and I mean, for, for those who aren't familiar with the lingo, follow me on Instagram at S Wright Radio underscore. I'll spell it out for you at S W R I G H T S. Radio underscore all all one all all one um handle and so forth. So we got a few more minutes, and I just want to share with you uh, my my quick thoughts on the 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 Astros uh, situation. And today there was a re- there was an article that came out in Sports Illustrated in which that they basically the Astros and they, their manager Dusty Baker. They said, I hope that MLB steps in to prevent league-wide retaliation against the Astros. <laughs> that's that's just funny. That's funny. You, you, you know something, Dusty Baker? You weren't there. You're, you're the new guy and so forth. I mean, I just hope you understood that when you, that when you took the job, in all seriousness, that you were stepping into a situation that was going to be pretty high volatile. Don't tell me that you that you didn't know and that you didn't expect that that was going to be um, some sort of so so some sort of like oh I mean everything will just boil over it'll be all fine no it's only gotten worse. We haven't even gotten to. The regular season as of yet. That's that's the part that should worry you. Because frankly, you're on your own on with this one. You're on your own. People are honestly angry. And angry may be the lightest term I could use on this show, but people are really pissed about what you did. Not only that you violated the sanctity of, of what's right and what's good in the game, but you crossed the line that even we as baseball fans and even in people that are in the media, print, radio, writing, et cetera, et cetera, that's it's just unforgivable. It's unforgivable. And you had an opportunity on Thursday to really right the ship or at least try to. But yet, the owner, 
made things even worse. And to make matters even worse, Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve, <laughs> you clowns, you absolute clowns, you thought that you, by you reading a written down apology that was going to absolve you of all wrongdoing? You clowns. I hope you understand your arrogance is what's going to get you and your teammates in some bad situations this season. I'm telling you. Because that that is the honest reality that, that you're going to be facing. You're going to be facing some real messed up situations in the game because teams are pissed. And they should be. The sport itself should be pissed. You already have had other players from other teams, for example, Cody Bellinger on the, on the Los Angeles Dodgers, who, by the way, was on that 2017 Los Angeles Dodgers team that lost to the Astros in the World Series in 2017. And Trevor Bauer, the also ever outspoken star pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds. And you know something? I'm with both of them right now. There is a lot of anger around amongst players in the game right now. I'm telling you that for a fact. And as much as the Astros want to think that, well, this should blow over, they'll get over it. Uh-uh. Not happening. It's not happening anytime soon. And my message to Houston Astros and their fan base is this. You better be ready for the consequences because every team that plays you, not only not only that they're not going to trust you, but there will be re- retaliation and retribution. There will be. I'm willing to guarantee it. No question. Starting on opening day. Because, frankly, you destroyed that trust, Houston Astros. To every player that were on that team last year, through 2017, you destroyed that trust. I just hope that you're going to be able to handle what's coming because it's going to get worse. And and a sickening part is we haven't even played a single spring training game yet. Games won't start for another week next Saturday. But the regular season won't start for another a month and, what, 12 days? Opening day, 2020? A month and 12 days from now, ladies and gentlemen, March 26th. So I just want you to understand that. Jim Crane, you made the situation a lot worse. And trust me, I'll have time during this week to get into it in terms of Commissioner Manfred. Because my ire is is not only just withstanding to the Houston Astros, but to Commissioner Robert Manfred. It really is. So stay tuned for that. To all of you who tuned in today, thank you. Thank you for those who tuned in. Thank you to everyone who took the time to... Enjoy these two hours. You can hit me up on Twitter at Shukri Writes, S-H-U-K-R-I-W-R-I-G-H-T-S. 
Hit me up on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at S-W-R-I-G-H-T-S radio underscore. Follow me there. I'll be here and I'll be posting announcements as to when I'll be back on the air again. Um, Not just including um, next Saturday for my regular slot show, but anytime I'll be doing um, fill-ins during the week. I'll be posting it on social media um, as well. So stick around. So thank you for everyone who is tuned in to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford. It's been a blast. Last couple of hours has been great. Stay tuned. You got the loft coming up next at 6 o'clock. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a great show. It's been a blast. This is Shukri Wrights. I'll talk to you guys um, this week. Which will, be, which will be next week, technically. Enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend. Enjoy the rest of your holiday break. Whatever you're going to be doing, be safe. I'll talk to you guys then. This is Shukri Rice. You're listening to 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford, Touch Free Farm Radio. Talk to you guys next week.